me, Lord, draw me, and I'll come running after you. Did, have you ever, when the Lord's drawn you, did you ever just sit, sit still and not pay attention? <laughs> I've had the Lord draw me before, and sometimes I, I get all, wow, yeah, Lord, and, and then I just shut it down. Isn't that crazy sometimes what we do? What possibly do we have to do that's more important than being with Jesus and being in His presence? You know, sometimes people come up and say things just to, just to carry on a conversation, right? Just, hey, how are you? You know, you get the standard, how are you, yada, yada, yada. Jesus never does that. When he calls you, he's got something to say. And it would behoove us, it would be a blessing to us if we know when we get touched by God, we need to stop what we're doing. We need to turn off that TV. We need to hang up that phone or we need to do whatever we need to do to stop and listen to what Jesus is trying to tell us. What's it come down to? It comes down to a choice, doesn't it? It comes down to a choice that we make whether we will allow Jesus to speak to us or not. Well, Lord, I am just too busy. That's basically what we're saying to Jesus when we don't respond to his drawing, isn't it? And, you know, I think what Jesus, you know, now Jesus, he does, he's, not, he's not as we are. He, he, he's not prideful, is he? I mean, he doesn't, get, he doesn't carry his feelings on his shoulder. He, he doesn't say, well, do you know who I am? I, this is Jesus talking to you. You know, I'm, the, I'm him. I'm the, I'm the king of king. And, the, you know, I, I, I am the man. What do you mean you're too busy for me? I take precedence, not you. Jesus doesn't do that, does he? You know what he does? He sneaks in there and talks with us down the road, doesn't he? He sneaks in there and he talks with us down the road until we surrender. What you choose is what you get. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. It's a choice. It's a choice. He says, I set before you. Blessing and cursing, life and death. So therefore, he says, choose life. Choose life. Now, we choose life. We say, well, I've received Christ as my Savior, and I choose life. But what about this whole blessing and cursing thing? What about how this, this whole blessing? Now, there's not one of us sitting in here, and I don't have to ask for a show of hands, that wouldn't say, yeah, I want to be blessed. Right? You know, nobody's going to say, ah, I don't want to be blessed. I don't want to be bothered with being blessed. Nobody says that. I don't want to be bothered with being blessed. You know, if money comes in the, in the mail and it's there and you open it up, you don't just throw it back in that envelope and wad it up and throw it in the trash, do you? No, no you put that stuff in your pocket, don't you? Say, oh, what a blessing. I receive that in the name of Jesus. That's what we do. We don't refuse the blessing. But yet our choices sometimes causes us to refuse the blessing of Jesus Christ, doesn't it? You have your Bibles or your Word with you, turn to Luke 10, 38. This is a story that you probably all 
all recognize, you all know. Luke 10, 38. Jesus is bounding around the country with his disciples, doing all the ministry stuff that Jesus does, and the disciples are following him around and trying to learn. What would it have been like to be a disciple of Jesus then, following Jesus around? Uh, you know, I mean, it's Jesus, it's the Lord, following him around, and him giving you direction. He does that to us now, doesn't he? The reason we don't get direction is because we're not following him around. So Luke 10, 38 says, Now it came to pass, or it came to pass, or now the situation was that when Jesus and his disciples were walking around and they were going here and they were going there, when it came, when it came time, they found themselves, and it came to pass as they went, they entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And Jesus came in. Now, I know you all have had your times of it came to pass. I know during your day of special plans or special things that you had to do, all of a sudden it came to pass. It came to pass. Something came to pass. You can't come to pass now. You don't know. I have an agenda today. How about when you sit down at your desk or you sit down in your prayer closet, wherever it might be, or where you might read the Word, and you sit down there. Now, if it's a desk like my desk, my desk has a lot of things on it. <laughs> and when I sit down and read the Word sometimes, I, you know, every once in a while I have to kind of clean house, I have to get it all around, because when I try to read that Word, my eyes look over there and see that. What's that bill doing sitting there? You know, what's, what's that going on? Well, you know, I set this time aside, but something happens when you set that time aside, somebody comes to visit you. And it's not Jesus. It's, it's somebody with another agenda. Suddenly the family piles in and they want to have a barbecue. <laughs> you all know what I can. It's It came to pass. In all our efforts, in all our desires, in all our trying to serve Jesus, it will come to pass. Something is going to come in. Something is going to challenge your decision. It will come to pass. It's just life. Our character, our character is made and established by that choice, by what we do in that time. What will we do? So it came to pass. Martha receives him into her house. Now, when I read this scripture, I wonder, I'm thinking that, you know, nobody, nobody called, nobody texted Martha to tell her that, you know, Jesus and a bunch of his tag-along people were coming to her house. You think? I don't think so. I don't think, you know, the email didn't work right then and, the phone lines were down, and 
uh, nobody probably ran ahead. What do you think? I don't know. I'm just thinking that nobody told Martha that they were coming, but there they all show up at the house. Now, I don't know how big Mar's, uh, uh, Martha's house was, but I tell you what, you know when you get a crowd of uh, 10, 15 people or so, I don't know, just Jesus and his disciples and maybe somebody else, a few people hanging around there, you know, you can, you can clutter up a living room, can't you? You can. You can clutter up a living room. It can get hard to kind of move around. So here are all these people piled in there. It says, And she had a sister called Mary, which also, which also, I want you to hear this, which also sat at, the, at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So I'm getting a picture. I'm getting a picture that the Lord comes. All of a sudden the Lord comes, just like he comes to us. He comes to us and he, he draws us or he speaks to us. And something hinders us from paying attention to Jesus. We, we have an agenda. We have all of a sudden, well, well you don't know. I, you know, I got to pay the bills today, or I, I got to do this, or, or, you know, look what I got to do. And that's, I think, what happened to Martha. It says, and her and her sister. Now, maybe Martha sat down there with Mary to begin with, huh? Maybe when Jesus come in, oh, Jesus, man, am I glad to see you. And Martha sat down there in her Life was a little cluttered like my desk, and she looked over there and saw something that needed to be done, didn't she? And Martha got up. And the Scripture says that Martha was busying herself about, and she was running to and fro, kind of, but Martha was, she was cumbered. She was burdened, you know, by all this stuff. Your ladies never get burdened by housework, do you? Or never, I know that, do you? Do, do you answer the door when someone comes uh, by surprise? Don't move. Don't say a word. Sometimes I get, I get a kick out of it. Like my son called, uh, called uh, his house the other day. I was with him, uh, giving him a ride from dropping his car off to work. And he, and he calls and he says, uh, yeah, this is, this is, this is me. I, uh, this is... Joshua, I know you're there. Pick up. I know you're there. <laughs> you know, pick up. And sometimes that's it. Jesus knocking on the door. I know you're there. <laughs> I know you're there. Come on. Pick up. Say something. So here, she was covered by all this serving. She was doing to and from. She, but she came to Jesus. <laughs> I love this. I love this because, you know, we come to Jesus and we'll complain sometimes, won't we? I don't know, have you ever complained to Jesus? Or am I the only one that's ever complained sometimes to Jesus? She came and she complained. And she says, don't you care? Now, what a question to ask Jesus, huh? What a question to ask Jesus. Don't you care about me? Look at what, what is on. Look what I'm going through. I have to work. I have to prepare this meal. I, all this, and there, my sister. I want you to tell her to get up off her whatever, and come and help me with this dinner and get everything ready. But this is what Jesus said to her. He said, "She said bitter to, to, that she would help me." And Jesus answered and said unto Martha. Martha, Martha, twice. You know you're in trouble when they, when they say your name twice, right? <laughs> Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things, but 
He says, many things. You're, you're troubled about many things. You're, you're busy about this and you're going here and you're going there. You're busy about all these things. He says, but one thing is needful. Jesus said, Jesus, now listen, I want you to hear this. Because Jesus said, one thing is needful. Now, how many of y'all have more one thing on your hit list to do? Huh? Jesus said one thing is needful. The Lord said this. One thing is needful. It is necessary. It is number one. It is needful. And Mary has what? She has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. She has chosen. She has chosen. You know, what you choose is what you get. And if we choose not, if we choose not to hear Jesus, then we get what we choose. We get the world. We get distress. We get turmoil. We get unrest. We don't have peace. We become unprofitable. This is what we get. But Mary chose Jesus. What did she choose? Well, here in the scripture it says that uh, she heard his word. The word says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, right? Mary was listening to... How, how important is faith? I mean, listen, while, while we talk about faith here, just a second, we, we say faith. Just how important is faith? We, the scripture says, well, without it, it's impossible to please God. But, you know, God is a forgiving God, isn't He? A lot of times we don't please the Lord, but that doesn't change His love for us. And He still comes to us and draws us and works with us. But without faith, but without faith, it leaves us in a very precarious position. It leaves us open to all attacks of the enemy. Doesn't it? Without faith, I mean the Word, knowing the Word, the Word says to put on the whole armor of God. It says to put it on the whole armor of God, but yet there's not one piece of that armor that isn't manifested to us through and by the Word, is it? Through and by the Word. How do I know? How do I know I can have a shield of faith? By the Word. How do I know that faith will quench the fiery darts of the enemy? By the Word. How do I know that I can have a helmet of salvation, which what? Guards my thoughts in my mind? The Word of God says to seek me early while I may be found. Why does He say that? He says that because when we get busy, you know, our mind gets all tangled up with the world. And when we renew ourselves and put on that helmet, when we read the Word and we take on that whole armor of God, uh, God and gird ourselves up with all this armor, then we're prepared. Do you recognize the attack of the enemy? Or do you just shrug it off as, it's just day-to-day things? It's just what happens. Do you ever laugh at the enemy? I laugh at him. 
Sometimes what he does is so obvious, it's, it's funny. It's funny. And we should get upset about these things? No, we should take authority over them by the, by the Word of God, having the armor of God on, and being able to counter what the enemy throws at us. Is this right? Absolutely it's right. So he says, Mary has chosen the good things. And I like this because it says, it will not be taken away. It will not be taken away. Now, how did she choose it? Now, if Martha said, now, <laughs> now, my wife's busy in the house all the time and Helen, you know Helen, she's busy. She's going back to and fro, to and fro. And if the TV's going, if I'm watching television, sometimes, if it, whatever it might be, if it's the news, whatever, she'll pop in and she'll say, uh, uh, what was that? Or, you know, get to part of the story. You know, when you're listening from the other room from a conversation, sometimes you get part of the story. And, yet, and something will perk, something will hit, you go, oh, what was that? You know, oh, oh, that's something. But you didn't get the whole story, did you? Now, Martha was busying herself, but Martha, I, I, I guarantee you, Martha was still listening. You think so? Girls, you think so? Yeah, you probably know so, don't you? She was still listening to what Jesus was saying in the other room or as she busied herself around. She heard. I'm sorry, she listened. But she did not hear. How do you hear? How do you hear the word? With your heart. With your heart? What, what, how did Mary hear that word? She sat at the feet of Jesus. She sat at the feet of Jesus. You see, Jesus says, you'll, you know, you'll find me when you what? Seek me with all your heart, right? So you've got to come to Christ, and then you've got to surrender. God, Jesus has a very unique perspective on our relationship with Him. Because He is Lord of Lord and King of Kings, He expects us to surrender all to Him. Amen. Now, to a new believer or somebody on the street that really doesn't understand, for you to tell them you've got to die as Gail, Dale Carnegie would say, that doesn't go with the course, right? That may not influence those people when you say you've got to die. Well, if we, once you know the love of Christ, you understand the surrender. Amen. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. She was in His presence, and she heard. The Word of God is always telling us, Jesus, even with His disciples, He, 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 he got on them and He said... Uh, he said, listen, you got eyes. What's the matter? He says, you got eyes. He, he says, beware of the leaven of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And you know what they thought? They thought he was mad because they forgot lunch. They did. Jesus is trying to teach them something. He's trying to tell them something. And they, were, they thought, oh my God, Jesus, he's, he's figured it out. He knows that we left lunch behind. We don't have any bread. We were supposed to bring bread. Now, were they supposed to bring bread? Yeah, they were supposed to bring bread. They were probably, you know, they, somebody's job was, and I, I can almost hear the disciples, you were supposed to bring it. No, you, you were supposed to bring it. 
Well, you, I brought it last time. <laughs> Jesus said, what, what, what are you doing? What are you arguing about that? He says, what is it? He says, you have eyes, but you don't see, and you have ears, but you don't hear. You see, we listen, but we don't hear. The only time we can hear, hear, is at the feet of Jesus. See, they were busy about what? They were like Martha. They were like Martha. What were they saying? They said to themselves, oh my God, you know, we forgot the bread. We, we didn't bring the bread. We're, we're out here, it's almost lunchtime, and we didn't bring the bread. And then Jesus drops the beware of the leaven of the Sadducees and the Pharisees on them, and they go, oh my God, I've messed up again. But, but Jesus says, no. We can't hear. We cannot hear. Because hearing is what? He says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. You know, I had someone tell me here not too long ago, he said, he says, oh, I don't have to read the Bible. I don't have to read the Bible. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. I said, what? Yeah, I, I listen. I listen. If I, I can listen to a message and I can hear that. Somebody teaches me that word. I can hear it. And uh, faith comes by hearing. That's what it is, by hearing. And he, and he points to his ears. That's listening. That's not hearing. You know what hearing is when you've been at the feet of Jesus, don't you? Because it says the word is quick. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Let me go to that. I know I've got it here. I thought I had it here. Let me just tell you about it. <laughs> he says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. He says it cuts asunder. It divides right down to the very marrow of the bones. It gets right down there deep in, right to the root, doesn't it? We don't respond with, oh, Jesus, I'm sorry, I forgot lunch. No, the word goes down deep into our heart, and it convicts. It brings out and shows us the innermost part of our being. And then what conclusion do we come to? What conclusion do we come to? I'm a miserable, miserable. Huh? Really, what do we? We, we are open. He says, there's no, there's no creature, there's nothing that's not open before Him. Totally exposed before God. Well, God knows, but when that word comes into you, then you know, don't you? All of a sudden, it becomes very evident to you. And now, now that it's exposed, now that it's there, we have this where we choose either life or death. What do we do with this? What do we do with the conviction of the Holy Spirit then that shows us where we sin or where we fall short? Or where, you know, we're, we're lukewarm or we're not loving? I, you know, I, I, get, I really do not like the things of the flesh. I can say I probably really hate them. Why do I do that? Why do I hate them? Because Jesus lives in me. I don't like it when I don't operate in things through the love of the Spirit or don't walk after the things of God. 
Now, I know that's, that might be shocking to you to find out that maybe I don't walk in the things of God all the time. But try not to faint, okay? <laughs> but though I'm not perfect, the perfect one lives in me. Why does he do that? It astounds me. It astounds me that God loves me. It totally blows me away. It totally blows me away that he, that he loves me so much that he sent Jesus to die for me. You know, Wilson, when Wilson preached here last, I, I have, I, I've never seen, I have never seen or heard anybody give such a vivid description of someone, uh, of what uh, hell or the lake of fire was like. And, and I don't know if you remember, but where he, he said, if the angels, if it was made for the angels, and they're going to be into hell or cast into the lake of fire ultimately, if it was made for them, spiritual beings, how bad is it going to be for you? How bad? And God saw this. Now, if I can just do him justice a little bit on this. And God saw this and said, Oh, I never meant for these people to be there. What can I do to stop them from being there? He sent his son. He died. He died on the cross and paid the price so you do not have to be there. Wilson went through the whole thing of the gnashing of teeth and everything and I, I could just imagine now how, how unacceptable is it for someone to be lost and to go to that place. It was definitely unacceptable for God because he sent Jesus to die. The perfect one lives in me. You ever notice I, I was sitting on, uh, uh, sometimes I, I sit on my porch a lot of times and it's, it's quiet and peaceful and you hear, the, you hear the birds and you see the squirrels. and the, You know the morning uh, noises in the morning, it's kind of peaceful. Things are waking up and moving around and you're out there and it's all peaceful and you think, boy, this is really nice and quiet. And all of a sudden you hear in the all of a sudden, your attention is drawn to a vroom, a big semi-truck going down the highway behind the house. You know? Now, after that semi-truck goes down the highway behind the house, you can't hear a bird sing. All you can hear is the cars on the road. You ever notice that? When you get distracted, boy, you really get distracted, don't you? When you get pulled away from God, you're away. I mean, it's like... You know, you're, you're like clawing. Oh, no, I, you know, I was in the presence of God. I, I want to get back. I want to get back to that presence of God. And all of a sudden, your mind is, is totally... That's what the world does. The world is always there. That's why it's important that we... I, I thought of another uh, example. I, and that, that's a photographer. Because we see I, here, I, I made a... A comment to where sometimes on vacation you'll you'll see the mountains and it'll be all beautiful and you're driving on the road and you're just the landscape is gorgeous and you you'll take a picture and when you get it home you've got a sign that says eat at Joe's and a telephone pole. 
where's the mountains? Where did that come from, you know? But a photographer, someone who takes pictures and knows how to take pictures, they choose. They see what the camera sees, and they frame that picture. They choose it. And that is our decision, to choose. We must choose. And the the Word of God says, right here, where Jesus was talking to Martha, He says, you choose to sit at my feet. You choose the one good thing. There's one thing, one thing. And the Word of God says what? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, right? Seek first. You choose this, and it will not be denied you. It will never be taken away from you. Never. He told his disciples what he said. He says, listen, don't don't worry about what you're going to say. He says, the Spirit will give you what to say when you get there. Now, all of you who have read your Bible and know the Word and been saved for any length of time, you know that there has been times that there is a verse or something that you didn't give any thought to, hadn't for some time, but all of a sudden there became an instant that could be done. Well, I want to tell you something about that verse. That verse that the Holy Spirit gave you, you would have never had it in your heart had you not been at the feet of Jesus. You didn't listen to that verse. You heard that verse. And it is in your spirit to be drawn upon. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable in God, which is your reasonable service, and not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that what? I've heard people say to me over and over and over, say, oh, well, you know, I've tried to read the Bible, or, or you know, I, I, I went to church, but what, what does God want? You ever had somebody tell you, what does God want? Or how should I live? Or, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what to do. Or, here's the scripture that says that. Uh, don't be conformed, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. It all comes to the Word, right? To the Word. Now, we're talking about the living Word, right? The Word that's in power and authority. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the Jesus abiding you. He says that I'll never leave you and never forsake you. I'm there for you always, through thick and thin, up and down, sideways, whatever it might be. I'm there for you if you've received Him as your Savior. He says, what? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, <laughs> do, you, do, you ever try to work a, do you ever try to work a scripture for yourself? Have you ever tried to do that? <laughs> Come on now. You ever try to work a scripture? In other words, you ever try to make it say, well, I don't know, I receive it this way, but... You know, maybe if I could just twist it a little bit that way, I could get away with this over here. Or I could continue to do Or maybe I could walk a little bit on this side of it. Or I could walk a little bit of that side. That's, uh, you know, just a little bit, you know. That you may prove what is, that, what is good and acceptable. And what? Perfect will of God. Now, now we know that, you know, God has, God has a perfect will, doesn't he? He has a perfect will. But we also have grace, right? Yeah. We, he, we, he has a permissive will, if you, if you will. 
if I could say that. God loves us, deals with us, but God has a perfect will. And it says that we can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Where do we stop with Jesus? Where do we cut him off? Yeah, yeah, where do we cut him off? I mean, do we stop because uh, there's a part of my life that I don't want to change? A lot of times that's it. There's something that we just, we, we don't, you know, I want to, now, listen, I'm, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about degradation of sin. I'm not talking about, you know, committing adultery or do it, going here or going there, the obvious or whatever. But we have certain parts of our life that we're not quite willing to give up. Don't know what that might be for you. I know there's certain areas of my life that I try to I think there was a song years ago that said uh, uh, the lyrics went something like that give me some of that you know about Jesus you know give me some of that I want some of that well all you got to do is die to Christ well I don't want to do that but I want some of that you know I want what you got I want what God promises but don't I don't I don't want to do that you know, I, I want to. I want to keep that. I want to stay in charge of that. God shows up when we surrender all. There was a time we did. Now, a lot of us can say, "Well, yeah, I still do. I still do surrender all." Well, yeah, praise God. Good, good for you. You've arrived, huh? We've not arrived, have we? And until we until the resurrection, until the change, we will deal with these issues in our lives, in the world, in our bodies all the time. But we're victorious over it. We're victorious over it in Jesus Christ. He gives us victory. The downside of hanging on to things that God is dealing with us to change is that we lose power. We don't operate in the power and the authority that God wants us to. Why does God, you, you know, we think, is God just somebody that says, well, you know, this is the way I am. I think you ought to be like that too. This is the way I do it. You should do it too. He's not a God of pride. No. So we can what? Be fully equipped, right? Fully equipped in power and authority over all the wiles of the enemy and the devil and life and things that come, come against us. We know that neither height nor depth nor any of the things will separate us from the love of God, but is that important to know? Yes, it's important to know because we then know that God is with us always. I have people that question, people that question, well, you know, I don't know if God loves me. I, I, you know, you don't know what's been happening and, and I haven't been this or haven't been that. Forget it. Forget those things which are behind you. Leave them behind. It, it's all in front of you. Amen. Your walk with Jesus lies in front of you. Not yesterday. Your walk yesterday with Jesus has no bearing of where you're going now. 
You need to walk with Jesus now. You need to sit at the feet of Jesus now. You need to hear Him now and be transformed and renewed by the word that He speaks to you. Be like Mary that cho- chooses the one thing. Now, you know, it would have really, it would, it would have been a bummer, a real bummer, if Jesus would have said, Mary has chosen one of the five. What's the other four? Do I have a choice? We don't need choices. How many of you all have cable? Got a lot of, you got a lot of stations, don't you? Where do you spend most of your time watching? The guide. Huh? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I want to watch the guide. <laughs> Jesus said one thing, brother, one thing. And she has chosen that good thing, and it will not be taken away from her. So we got Jesus. We choose him, and we sit at his feet, and we listen, and we hear. And by hearing, we are transformed and renewed, and we get up with power every morning. We get up with power and authority, authority over all the wiles of the, and the power and the authority of the enemy. We take possession of the land that God has given us. When we go to work, we go to work with the with the... Helmet of salvation. We go to work with that shield of faith. We go in the authority and the presence of the living God. And we spread what? We don't spread turmoil. We don't, we don't, man, we, we are full of joy and peace, aren't we? Right, Barbara? There's a woman full of joy and peace, I can tell you that. Really. Sometimes she makes it hard being around when I'm upset or mad. I can't be upset and mad. Makes me mad, but I can't be upset and mad. See how God works? <laughs> we are powerful, and we can, change, we can change things around us if we choose. But we have to choose. People that say, well, you don't know I didn't have any choice. You've heard it? Maybe you've said it. I probably said it. We have no choice. But there's always a choice, isn't there? Sometimes the choice is rough. Sometimes to choose to make the right choice, we know it's going to be a rough road. But the outcome is all that. You know, the Word of God says that there is pleasure in sin for a season, isn't there? But in the end, it brings forth death, destruction, unrest. And God's just the opposite. What if we go through Jesus died on the cross? He said, listen, you're going to suffer. He says, you're going to be persecuted for my namesake. Nobody wants to do that. We think that when we talk about Jesus to everybody, that they're all going to fall on the floor and say, Oh, wonderful, I want to be saved. God, I've been waiting for you to come by. It doesn't happen that way, does it? And we can't make one hair white or black. Why does it prevent us from going and witnessing or speaking to somebody? Why does that do that? The ball is out of our court. Okay? It's out of our court. We, we, we're not going to save anybody. We don't have the power. Well, I, I'm sorry. I stand corrected. We do have the power. Jesus is in us. But it's Him that does the saving. It's Him through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He says, you know, Paul wrote to the Galatian church. He says, listen, are you, in the third third chapter, I believe, he said, uh, are you so foolish? What's going on? Have you 
beginning in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? You know, can you do all these things by the flesh? Can you say, okay, Jesus, I've been listening. I got it now. Step aside. We can't do that, can we? It takes Jesus. It took Jesus for us, and it takes Jesus for everybody else. So what is our job this morning? Our job is to choose. The one thing. I love it. I love it, God. I love it. It's only one thing. To sit at his feet and to listen. Because I know if I do that and I hear him, which I will if I sit at his feet in his presence, I will hear him. That that I will be equipped and I will come away from that experience in strength and power. Amen. Amen. Let's everybody stand. Glory, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I believe I know everyone in here, and I believe everybody here is saved. If you're not, you've been sneaking around on us, haven't you? But if you're not, The Word of God says is that we believe unto righteousness and confession is made unto salvation. Why is confession made unto salvation? Why is that? Why does we believe? But what is it? It's then a choice, isn't it? It's then a choice. We confess unto salvation. So, you must believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died for your sins. You must believe that you need a Redeemer, and He's the one. God sent Him for you, not for anybody else, but for you. Then you must confess Him as your Lord and Savior. That's the stipulation, the choice. And that's what I believe most all of us in this room has made. But we fail to make the choices every day. We fail to choose to hear Jesus. Because it just doesn't stop there at the transformation, does it? That's the beginning, yes. That's the beginning. Then he says, learn of me. And that's where we sit at his feet, isn't it? And we come away powerful. Heavenly Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you know every heart here. There is nothing hid from you, Father. There is no life, no situation here that is unnoticed by you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will search our hearts, Lord, that you will speak to us and draw us by your Holy Spirit, that, Heavenly Father, we will spend time at the feet of Jesus. We will meditate upon your word, Lord. It's not a chapter a day. It's not five chapters a day. It's not two verses. But, Father, whatever, to read and to meditate on your word. To sit at your feet. Oh, Lord, explain. Teach us your word, Lord. And you will reveal yourself through and by that word. Father, I pray that each and every person here will make that choice. 
Lord, that we choose each and every day life. That we choose prosperity. That we choose the love that you have given us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And the only way we can know that, Lord, is by it being revealed through your Word to us. Father, bless everyone here. Bless those who came out this morning, Lord. Bless those that could not be here, Father. And in the name of Jesus Christ, draw them of your Spirit. Let your Holy Spirit just speak to them and reveal your Word this day as they go forth in joy and the peace of the Lord. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Praise God.